Hey, brewery lovers. Welcome back to the DC Beer Show. Richard here, and I've got a super special episode I'm really excited about. This is the year in review. I am joined today by uh, two of the DCBeer.com stalwarts, Jacob Berg. Hi, everybody. Glad to have you, sir. And Michael Stein. Hello out there in Beery Beerland. Beery Beerland. We're all here in our tiny, tiny little recording studio. We're not at a brewery, which we haven't done a podcast together at a brewery, have we? I don't believe we have. We've only beered at breweries. We have beered at breweries. Oh, well, actually, Denizens, but we didn't bring Mr. Berg into the That's Denizens right. pod. Um, well, we are joined today by our lovely friend, Brandy, who's not going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, yeah. I didn't have to talk, so I'm not talking. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to talk about 2019 and the DMV and craft beer. So, a lot of stuff happened this year. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Let's get into it. 2019, the year in beer. Uh, I'll set Berg up and say, Jake wants to talk about Meridian Pint Closing slash <laughs> the death of the beer event. Dun, 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 dun. Let's yeah. talk about that. I figured that we'd start on a down note. Um, bummers first. Yeah, bummers first so we can get that out of the way. Um, Meridian Pint closed. Um, their beer director, Jay Sconerman, has been, I think, pretty open about the beer event formula. Not, right. not working so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also want to shout out our editor, Emeritus Bildebon, who's, I think, been expounding on this a little bit online. Mm-hmm. You can check him out at Build a Beer on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, the basic thesis is that with all these breweries and all these bars that now have local, tra- local draft lines, tap lines, and beyond... Uh, there's a lot less demand for beer events. Um, yeah. There are probably bars in D.C. that we don't think of as beer bars mm-hmm. that are putting on something like what would be considered a beer event every day just right. by virtue of that they've got 15 or so lines, mm-hmm. all of which are pouring pretty good or even better than that. Really good. Yeah, really good world-class mm-hmm. local beer. Yeah, there's tap taper takeovers happening all the time, mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah, but I feel like like we've all we've all had enough of the steal the pint glass nights. Um, right. There are no more pint glasses to be stolen. Um, mm-hmm. I've got a complete <laughs> set. I'm sure others <laughs> here do as well. Yeah. And so it's it's hard to talk about um, Radiant Pint closing as well as a bunch of other restaurants and various beer centric places um, like the Pinch, um, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Uh, you got some more, Stein? Sure. I mean, I just saw uh, Slash Run has a collab beer with Three Stars coming out. That's a black IPA. Right? Wow. Um, so there are smaller venues with good to great beer, and they're all over the city. And in a way, it's like um, the dream of 2012 to 2014, which was get 15 good to great beers on, mm-hmm. uh, have a tap takeover night, pack the place, you know, see a few hundred people before the night's over. And closing time comes um, was actualized. Like, why can't I find good beer everywhere? And now we have good beer everywhere, right. and so the game has changed. Um, also, the breweries that have stuck it out, who have made it for the last seven years from 2012, uh, really have you know enhanced their product to be shelf stable, to be ridiculously fresh, um, to be fresher in market, and therefore better than another beer coming from a state further away. Um, we've actualized that. 
And yeah. so and so what that means is that, you know, the beer it's kind of the death of the beer event in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I feel like we won craft beer, <laughs> like, but as we Rosie, can declare victory. Yeah, but there are, there are definitely some um, collateral damage. Yeah, some casualties. Definitely. As yeah. Rosie Perez says, sometimes when you win, you really lose. Yeah. And um, the 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 beer event, I think, is a casualty of the success mm-hmm. of beer in the area. Um, Meridian Pines lease being up, um, mm-hmm. that was certainly yeah. a bummer. Um, 10-year mm-hmm. lease, you saw the same thing happen with Mad Fox. Right. Um, the, brew, the brew pub model mm-hmm. um, may not be working as a business anymore. And I don't know if that I'd agree with that. Uh, I don't know that I would yeah. agree with that. Mad Fox, I think, was a specific case mm-hmm. um, in which the, the that specific location didn't work and they had, they had other things to deal with. And, of course, right. there's the fact that, you know, Mad Fox, I think, got themselves into a little bit of a difficult position after the attempt to open in mm-hmm. the district. Yes, yep. that was uh, ill-fated. Yeah, I know that I know that they invested a lot in that and it didn't work mm-hmm. out. But, you know, if you if you talk about the brew pub model, mm-hmm. the brew pub model act is, seems to be working in other places. Yeah, the model definitely works. Um, part of it is having uh, real estate, right? Real estate, real estate, real estate, location, location, location. Um, so being in an area with critical mass, that being said, Gordon Biersch used to have two brew pubs in this town. Right. The one that was just a few blocks from the uh, Capital One Arena with the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Lord Stanley's Cup world champion capitals uh, has gone out of business. The Navy Yard Gordon Biersch is going very strong. Um, they actually have a wonderful Rauk beer on right now. Sh- shout out to Justin uh, making good Rauk beer. Um, so, yeah, the brew pub model is definitely working. We see Blue Jacket crushing it. Right, right Proper is absolutely crushing it, making a wide variety of styles. You know, Denizens in Riverdale Park. Denizens um, is yep. doing well. And Denizens still does really well in Silver Spring, too, um, yeah. it, with a brew pub model. So. so the model works, but you have to be near the people. And you got to have mm-hmm. programming Monday through Sunday if you have a seven-day, you know, if you're open seven days a week. Um, with a dynamic brewer that's connected with the people, you know, with the audience that comes to your pub every night or every week. Um, it's certainly, a, you know, a demanding business. There's no question about right. it. It can it's be It's the restaurant done. business yeah. at, at its core, and that's just always a challenging business to be in. That's it. Um, yeah, that's and it. you look at a place like Gordon Biersch, I think it's another instance of sort of we won in that there, mm-hmm. are, now, uh, there are now so many – Local brew pubs that aren't national chains um, yep. that are that are in DC. That it's it's really like if you're a beer lover, Gordon Biersch is not going to be your first pick, right? Uh, and know? and neither is the District Chop House. But yet, show me somebody making better light lager than the District Chop House's light lager, right? right. Uh, so those um, the District Chop House also has. Significant. I mean, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. They have, as you said, the people, their location right. is outstanding. Mass. And their food is really freaking good. And their food is fantastic. Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, so we certainly mourn um, the closing of Mad Fox and Meridian Pine over the death of the beer event. There's no question about that. Right. Because there is, there is an element of um, the silver lining to the dark cloud of the death of the beer event, which is good beer is now everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of good beer, I want to give a shout out to Union Craft Brewing, uh, specifically to Jenna. Thank you, Jenna, for sending us Cold Pro, this lovely Goza, 
uh, which in the biz they call a brand extension oh. of Old Pro. Their uh, their you know Goza, which uh, typically is a summertime beverage. So now we have the winter Cold Pro uh, with cranberries and cinnamon. Cinnamon. Mm. Cinnamonum. It's tasty. Lovely. It's tasty. Thanks, Jenna. I gotta say, yes. Thanks very much. Uh, if you have a chance, go back and listen to uh, our episode where Adam and I sat down with the guys. Yeah, John and Union. Kevin. Yes. Yeah, that was Shout one of the funniest. That, that actually goes down. If we're going to do a year in review, I will just say that of all the um, breweries that we visited over the course of the year for the show, mm-hmm. that was one of the most interesting and fun. <laughs> Uh, you should go look at photos of Adam uh, on the website. <laughs> Beer. They had to, we, the only place we could find that was quiet enough. And this is a, if you have not been to, to Union, it's it's a big, big, big brewery. The only place we could find quiet enough to do the podcast was actually like in a machine room that runs the entire u- building. I thought you'd do it inside the little RV. But no. We thought of that, but yeah. they wouldn't turn the music down for us, and we have to worry about copyright stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, if you've got a Prince song in the background, this yeah. podcast's over. It's done. Yep. It's done. I get sued, and nobody has DCBeer.com or the DC Beer Show. Sh- shout out to Prince's Estate. We promise never to bootleg your music, make a <laughs> yes. beer or a T-shirt right. with your image without uh, yeah, proper Check charter. us out at DCTechDiagnosis.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the right. beer event has it, it officially died this year. It's like done. That's, it's done. The, the, the sort of drawing crowds in because you've got something special is really just sort of a church key sovereign thing. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, if you're doing a beer event in the city now, it seems like it's it's happening at those two, mm-hmm. maybe the partisan. But we're talking maybe about the three neighborhood restaurant group spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. really about it. Yeah, 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 and they're designed for that because there's so many beers that like if you go to the Church Key often on a on a special beer event day, it's usually a half a dozen brewers right. <laughs> and brewery people talking yeah. to the brewers who are there. So, yeah. but 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 it's not they're not packing the house for what they brought in. Right. No, they're I mean packing they, the house because they've got 200 freaking beers. Yeah, yeah. What, they put something like 35 Hill Farmstead taps on and I simply walked in and was started drinking beer. Tuesday and, or Wednesday? On a Tuesday? Yeah, it was either, I think I think it was <laughs> either or like DC beer 2019. Yeah, <laughs> was like, yeah, come to Logan Circle on a Tuesday or Wednesday and drink 35 Hill Farmstead beers. And I was like, fine. Yeah. Uh, again, a dream that was unheard of in 2014, something True. that we've yeah. worked for, right? So. True. But they're not ma- – I mean that's – and that's the interesting thing. What, the point I was trying to make is, is that they're doing this stuff, but that's not their business model. No, it's right. just something it's they do something for they folks do. like us True. people who love beer to give us a mm-hmm. chance to do this stuff. But yeah. they're not – it's not a – they're not depending on it to bring, no, to bring right. the hundreds of people out, which – was the old model. Yeah, and and we don't need to, as beer drinkers, seek out those events so much anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my local, shout out to Tony T in Brooklyn's Finest, mm-hmm. um, just happens to be pouring uh, Solus's Partly Cloudy and like two or three Port City beers. Yep. Yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, like, yeah. that's a that's a party right there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Shout out to the other Tony T spot, The Pug on H Street, uh, mm-hmm. closer to my neck of the woods for having fantastic cans all around. Uh, shout out to Ruckus, to Russell DeLeon for, for pouring the good liquid over there. Um, good Pilsner, good Macro Lager, good Hard Seltzer. Yeah, and I, I live in Tacoma Park, so I have Republic yep. to go to and and Olive Lounge, both of which have great selections of local craft beer always available. Yeah. And I can walk. Yeah. Mostly walk home. <laughs> yeah. And then we're seeing the evolution then of organizations like that. So, um, 
you know, whether it be Tony T or with uh, Republic, it was uh, Brett uh, Brett now who opened mm-hmm. uh, with Christian uh, Silver Branch, right? And so yep. we're seeing really quality liquid being produced from some of those who were first curating a, a list of really quality liquids. Right. right. All right. Let's move on. What else? What else in 2019 made this made this a big year for beer? Well, I think a good segue since we're talking about beer events is to probably talk about the beer event. The beer event. Which is that we went down to one night of savor. One night of savor. I thought then then we'd be done with savor. Mm -hmm. But savor is not done with us. No. So um, anyone else. Savor survives. So Mike, Richard, if you want to take this opportunity to like dunk on me or anything, um, you can certainly. Slam, slam. Yeah. You can certainly go, go ahead and do that. Because I reported that that would be this it for Saver, and instead we see May fifteenth, twenty twenty. Save the date, probably at the Anthem. That's my anniversary. Building so mm-hmm. I think that's going to be my my anniversary thing with my wife. She's going to be like, "We're doing what now?" <laughs> no, right. It's going to be. It's at the Anthem. So it's a change. It's a change up from um, Saver being at the National Building Museum. The venue change is big. And it's big for a lot of reasons. Let's talk a little bit about why. Why is the Anthem a better place to do an event like Saber? I'll start by saying that um, the Building Museum is a tremendous venue. It's gorgeous and it's beautiful. True. But it doesn't have a kitchen. And so what you've got is you're basically bringing in like the Subway bread making ovens and you're keeping stuff warm and you're plating on both sides of the event. Yeah. Um, the beer at Saver is world class. It arrives in pretty good shape, and mm-hmm. if you've got a complaint about it, it's that they serve it maybe slightly too cold sometimes. So be it. Um, the food at Saver has not been able to match the beer in that location. Right. Mm-hmm. The Anthem has a kitchen. Yeah. Um, and a pretty good kitchen at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can certainly do a lot more in terms of pairing if Saver really is a celebration of craft beer and food. Right. Um, the Anthem is a better spot. Yeah. The odds of getting the food on up to or above par for the beer are greater, like Jake was saying. The other thing I'll say, which is a little of an aside, is that when I was at the Anthem last with my wife, we went to go see uh, Erica Badu. And it just so happened, we didn't know till the show let out, that Michelle Obama was in the audience. I've never once had an audience with Michelle Obama in the National Building Museum. So chances <laughs> of seeing uh, the First Lady. Was, let's be clear, that was Erica Badu. It, true, true. So, um, but I just want to say that, you know, this is, this is great that the BA is showing a step in the, a new direction. You know, whether or not it's the right step will, we'll, you know, I'm sure be the... Uh, the discussion of beer Twitter for days after. Um, I'm sure Jake will write and we'll, all about And we'll be it. on that beat. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be mostly true. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be uh, it's it'll be different enough so that it'll draw people out like who might not otherwise have gone to an event like that mm-hmm. just because of the location. So I, I hope yeah. that 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 location change because of the food, because of the new location, that uh, it will reinvigorate Saver uh, mm-hmm. and it will last for many, many years. Yeah, it definitely appears to be a step in the right direction. I think the step that Saver took for so long was, hey, beer can be buttoned up, right? And a lot of people would get all gussied up, tuxes or evening gowns, or at least it was like, hey, beer is in the National Building Museum. Look, beer can be fancy AF. And that's already been achieved. We've seen that all over town now. So what's the next step? And I think it's good that now it's in arguably the best music venue in D.C., if not one of the best. So that's a step in the right direction. 
All right. I guess another thing to talk about is um, how local breweries fared in 2019. We've mm. all seen anniversary parties. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody in the immediate area, um, with the exception of, say, the good folks out like Woodbridge, Virginia, mm-hmm. closed. Um, out of the Mad Fox. Yeah, out of the Mad Fox, which still hurts. Oh, um, it hurts badly. Yeah. Shout out to Ornery, which closed and reopened. Um, shout out to Adventure Brewing. Shout out to Heroic. Right. Right. Um, yeah, nobody – there were no major closings in 2019. So that's a big deal mm-hmm. that uh, we should all be proud of. There were a lot of openings, though. You guys want to talk a little bit about some of the breweries that opened in 2019? I've been really pleased with the quality of the breweries uh, yeah. that they've opened right. and they've hit yeah. the ground running. Um, Red Bear, Silver Branch. Mm-hmm. Astrolab. Um, Astrolab, Sapwood. Valor. Valor. I mean, like, all of these spots opened and they're – the beer is solid mm-hmm. or it's better than solid and it's really, it's really good. It's I'm like, really, really good. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Like I haven't, you know, sometimes places open and you go, oh, well, they need to kind of figure it out and grow into it. And when breweries do that, it's great. But it's even better when you walk into a spot that's been open for two weeks and, uh, hey. And the beer's yeah, outstanding. It's a banging IPA. Yeah. Good for you. A special shout out to those two mentioned uh, Sapwood Cellars and Red Bear because right. – They are helping us at DC Beer with our 10 beers for 10-year project. Oh, yeah. Um, So we have beer that's already released and all gone, to my understanding, from Sapwood Cellars, uh, the 38 Special, 3.8 Session IPA, which is no more, sadly. Womp womp. But we have a beer. Yeah, we have a beer, a dark lager, in tank at Red Bear right now. So shout out to Red Bear. I got to write a great article for them uh, for craftbeer.com about them being the first LGBTQ plus uh, brewery in D.C. history. Um, And they're just doing their damn thing. The liquid is quality, to Jake's point. Um, Nobody really, you know, faltered at the the starting whistle. Everybody was just, boom, 1,000 miles and running right out of the gate. And one of the great things about Red Bear is that it's the beer is fantastic, but the entire experience they've created at the brewery is really fantastic. They have great events. They have good food. The bar is designed in one of the best ways I've seen, like a bar space design, creating so many different spaces to enjoy. Um, yeah, they've they've been a they've been they've been a favorite of mine in 2019. Frankly, I think those guys have done a really great job. Yeah, they had a Pilsner on during brew day uh, that I got to, to taste. And the Pilsner was something I wouldn't expect a brewery less than two years old from 2014 to put out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the brewing and cellaring team. Yes. And they have the only ESB that I can get mm-hmm. regularly in mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. And I love an ESB. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Simon and Brian and Cameron and all the guys over there yeah. for what they're doing. Thanks, fam. Woohoo. Um, speaking of collab beers, I'm going to get now into uh, a beer Denizens brewed with us, Bach to the Future. So uh, this is from our 10 Beers for 10 Year series. It is a rice lager, and I have a ridiculously tall pour I'm pouring for Richard here. It's, uh, it's bubbling. <laughs> and, um, That's all right. You know how much I love box. Yeah. And if you all go back, you can listen to Michael and I talking to – Julie, about this beer uh, in a short episode we did a few weeks ago, but I have not yet tried it, so I am super excited about this. This is the moment of truth. Mm. <laughs> Enjoy Ooh. your hard work. Yeah, it's got a lovely wow. um, chocolatey. Yeah, um, that's a nose, man. It's got some serious, serious, uh, 
I, don't, I would say Tootsie Roll notes going yeah. on there. Purple, right. green, brown, and gold. <laughs> oh wow, that is a that is a full flavored Bach mm-hmm. there. Yummy. That's wow. the stuff right there. That is Boom. what it, that is. A, and so this is a recipe from what the thirties? American his ni- yeah nineteen thirty five. Taste American history. <laughs> Here, Brandy, you try yeah. some. <laughs> Finish your cranberry cinnamon goza so you can have some 1935 box. I know we are putting beers back to back that uh, might otherwise have no business being back to back. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do on yeah, the DC beer show. I mean, hey, it's all for beer journalism, right? Right. <laughs> have you no, considered is... mixing the two and just seeing oh. what Oh, uh, the old blendini. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is a good beer. This is, this is, I, I'm really, it almost tastes like a, tastes a little wintry. Definitely. Know? It's got a lot more spice and a lot more um, full flavor than you would probably get from a Bach, um, yeah. like a Shiner Bach or, or, or a Common Bach. This is the, the flavor combination that comes from such an old recipe, I think is good. And I think that the, the, they did, a, you all did a really good job of sort of, matching a flavor that feels historic. Definitely. Yeah, it's um, the inverse of the classic German style. So the classic German style, 6, 7, 8% ABV, super strong, drinks like 4 or 5% ABV. This tastes much stronger and richer, and it's only 5.2% ABV. So it's kind of like the flip side of the really strong beer tasting lower in alcohol. This has a lot of pronounced um, malt character, mm-hmm. I would call it, chocolatey, tootsie roll, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's a, at a sessionable strength. Nice, nice. And this is so. This is the DC beer and Denizen's collaboration, Bach to the Future, which is available right now at both locations of Denizen's, both Silver Spring and Riverdale Park. Mm-hmm. You should definitely check this out. Go grab yourself a nice tall glass. Nice tall glass. And hey, what's in the tank at Ray Proper? Oh, hey, there is a beer in tank at Ray Proper right now that I heard Jacob Berg. Broke a lot of fruit down, touched many peaches in the making of this beer. Is that true? It is true. You're, um, you're brewing with peaches in November? Yes. Uh, we are brewing with peaches. Um, <laughs> thank you to Coastal Sunbelt, um, <laughs> provider of fine produce to many local restaurants, um, for coming through with a whole bunch of Florida peaches. Um, nice. Broke down uh, about two, um, two crates worth. And um, it's um, hanging out in a fermenter at Right Proper with one of their blends, a mixed fermentation blend of yeast. Yeah. Um, what is it? I believe it's two Saison strains and mm-hmm. a strain of Brett as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're looking at, I think, a reasonably tart, dry, very peachy-scented Saison. And I would yeah. look for that, um, I would say, in probably late December, early January. Now, who's, that, who, who's involved in that process? It's a collaboration brew um, between Right Proper, DC Beer, and something called the Black Brew Movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, shout out to the Black Brew Movement. Uh, you may have seen them um, on social media or in person. The, lo- the logo, the t-shirt game is strong. Um, <laughs> one of them, uh, Charles, you may see him um, leading tours on City, on city, city Brew. City Brew tours, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you, if you see him. Yes. Yeah, so, so we've uh, got we got two collabs in the tank. One in the in restaurant and two Noma in the at tank. Red Bear and then um, at Shaw T Street. Yeah, yeah. So for a little bit of background on the beer, um, this peach saison that's coming out at, at Right Proper Shaw, 
uh, this is a testament to the power of beer journalism. So uh, thank you, Richard Publisher. Thank you, Jake Editor. Uh, basically, uh, by giving me a platform to interview and profile the four founders of the Black Brew movement, uh, Bobby Bump, head brewer at Right Proper Shaw, also maintaining operations at Brookland, read the article and was like, hey, Stein, these folks look really cool. Can we make some beer with them? And I was like, hell yeah, we can make some beer with them. Can we co-stamp our DC beer brand on the Black Brewer movement and write proper brands? And everybody was like, yeah, let's do it. So we did it. All right. And, um, and it's in tank, and we're really looking forward to the release of this beer. All right. Well, stay tuned at dcbeer.com to get more information about when these things are released. You can obviously follow on Twitter at DC Beer and Facebook, and we'll let you know when those hit the taps. And hey – one of our collabs this year with uh, District Chop House is now an award winner. That's right. That's right. The, uh, the DCBeer.com dunkel at uh, District Chop House won an award in Virginia, didn't it? I thought it won it down at the Yards. Oh, right. That's yeah, what it was. Like a Yards, the Yards Park Festival. It, nice. It took, it took the, the, the reader's choice, the taster's choice, the people's choice. Sweet. Um, yeah. I was not prepared to tell you about this award, but <laughs> shout out to Barrett Lauer who texted us and was like, our beer's award winning. That's fantastic. Um, so I can verify that we did win an award. No idea the provenance, Virginia, the yards. You That's know. fine. That's fine. It's a really good, it was a really good beer. But we I won. Mean, award. It, award it, tour. It was, it, w- it was fantastic. And of course, working with Barrett is always a joy. So. It, it was poured at the Great American Beer Festival. It was poured at Snallagaster. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Thanks, Barrett. All right. We've got more collabs coming up because our goal is to do 10. We didn't make 10 in our 10th year, but but we've got a few more to roll out. It's commemorating the 10 years, right? So 10 beers for 10 years. That was the other big thing, of course, in 2019 is is the 10th year of DCBeer.com. So that's a big deal. What else? Anything else we want to talk about in in this year? We talked a little bit about um, the just overall high-quality programming at Church Key – a little bit at the Sovereign, but um, one piece of news that I covered for City Paper was that um, NRG Neighborhood Restaurant Group, who owns Church Key and the Sovereign, opened a spot in New York City. So NRG goes to NYC. It really mm-hmm. happens. And one key point, um, which was still up in the air when I was covering it, is that Blue Jacket beer is going to be poured, has already been poured uh, at the Grand Delancey, which nice. is NRG and NYC. So I think, you know, whether or not you feel that Blue Jacket is the best brewery in D.C., it's being presented as some of the best beer in D.C. Certainly. I, and I would say that's accurate. It's on the Definitely draft list. The yeah, with world-class beers, you know, uh, from Germany, from Belgium, from Scotland, mm-hmm. all over the world. So Excellent. Well, there's NRG has a lot of plans to sort of expand uh, and grow beyond the D.C. area. Yeah. I think you can hear more about that if you go back and listen to an episode from probably five or six months ago where uh, Adam and I had a really great conversation with Greg Engert, who's the beer mm-hmm. director for Neighborhood Restaurant Group and the brainchild behind um, both the Grand Delancey in New York and, of course, the Church Key and Sovereign here in D.C. Um, so they've created a great beer restaurant model, and yeah. it's it's fun to see them sort of expanding that beyond D.C. I hope they go to a lot of places that I visit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll immediately like, know exactly where to go. Wherever I go, I can get pattern skies. I'm a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... That's 2019. Is there anything else in 2019 before we start looking ahead? I was going to say that, like, I'm. I would say I'm 
proud of all the DC breweries. Um, they're open, they're thriving, no closures. Um, that being said, some of them are playing checkers. DC Brow is playing chess. Right, um, right. Yeah. Uh, I thought I thought that um, switching out the Citizen, Belgian-style Golden, mm-hmm. Belgian-style Pale Ale for joint resolution, like a, putting, a, putting a hazy IPA as a flagship, right. especially a clean, drinkable 5.5 five hazy, one that you can have two or three of and you can still function. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a really good move. Um, I know that the, the the end of the year move towards hard seltzer is probably not without its detractors. Uh, but if if beer is losing the quote unquote, and I hate this term, so that, which is why I'm going to use it, share of throat. To Ooh, hu- no, that's it's not, awful. No, if, I know it's no, awful. I'm banning that from the <laughs> yeah. podcast forever. We're yeah. not ever saying that. Right. Like if if you're going to be drinking that's hard a seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> I already said liquid, so yeah. we're already like, you know. Yeah, I mean, like if you're but if you're gonna be drinking a hard seltzer, you may as well drink the one made in Northeast DC, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And I I agree wholeheartedly. It's yeah. it's not necessarily something that I will grab. You, I can't imagine actually ever <laughs> having no, it. No, like I I don't like hard seltzer. Yeah. See, I'm a big seltzer drinker. So. I like I like vintage. I like polar. <laughs> I just don't like alcoholic hard seltzer. If I want to drink alcohol, I will consume it in beer, wine, liquor, spirits, cordials, uh, right. what have yeah. you. I think. Yeah. But it's not. It's a little. It is a little bit different. I mean, it is fermented, mm-hmm. but but I, I tend to agree. It's not something that I would go for. However, there is a market. There is yeah. a market yeah. out there for yeah, it. Yeah, most and definitely. I, and I think DC Brow is thinking forward. They have a business mm-hmm. um, and they have capacity, and so making a product for a market. I think is is really smart. I I have tried all of the flavors that they have released mm-hmm. so far. Uh, shout out to Rob Rodriguez for uh, giving me the opportunity to do that. Uh, <laughs> love you, man. And and they're all delicious. I mean, there's no question. They taste fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Is the fact that I can also get a 5.5% hazy IPA, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I can get, you know, a 4.5%. They're, they're really good low-alcohol beers. I'll always go for that. The calories mm-hmm. aren't as big a deal to me. Yeah. Um, but but you can get, you know, you can get really good beer that's low-alcohol, mm-hmm. that, that, is, that isn't a huge number of calories, and I'll always go for that over a seltzer. Yeah. But but I don't begrudge DC Brow for no, doing it. I respect the hustle. It's all part yeah. of the trend, I think, ultimately, of um, the sort of existential question of who are breweries for? And ultimately, breweries are for the customer. If you want to stay in business, you have to give the customer what they want, even if it's begrudgingly from other customers, right? So right. To, to put things in perspective, not that long ago, I talked to Bill Madden, who was talking about how Mad Fox made root beer. Mm-hmm. And way back in the day, he was getting some some blowback from making root beer. And right. he was like, look, I'm going to make this this root beer and it's going to cost me like two bucks a keg and I'm going <laughs> to sell it per pint for like 200 bucks a keg. Like, what the, what right. do you want from me? Like, yeah. you know, get mad all you want. But like, also now there's a place for kiddo to go after like mm-hmm. the soccer game, right? And, and accommodating all folks. And I think that's really the next level of craft beer is like, how do we make it for everybody? Sure. And there's so many answers to that question, you know, whether it's is your is your tasting room accessible? You know, do you have non-alcoholic options? Right. There's a million ways to answer that question. And I think hard seltzer is just another way to answer that question. Yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. And, and it's a it's a 
one of the things we saw this year, actually, sort of looking back, is is the number of loggers, pilsners, and low alcohol beers mm. that the lo- that local breweries were making, like really yeah. increased substantially yeah. over the course of the year. And in talking to brewers, that really is a response to to customers, and it's also mm-hmm. smart business. I mean, yeah. if every beer on you know your menu is seven and a half or above. Very few people are going to drink more than two beers mm-hmm. in your establishment. Right. But if you've got half of your beers at five or below, suddenly those people are paying about the same amount yeah. of money per beer, but they're getting three or four. And we're lucky enough to see the overlap. So when it happens, when it's one-sided and it's just the brewery chasing customers, we tend to feel like it's, you know, um, you're like you're a one-trick pony. You're chasing something. You're chasing the next hit. Comparatively to when a brewer wants to do it, like I'm thinking of Jonathan Reeves at Port City. Mm-hmm. I remember the you know last time I spoke with him, he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm about to go to Germany, and I'm so pumped for it." And then sure enough, you know, earlier in 2019, they won a GABF gold medal for their Pilsner, right? right. Or excuse me, a German was it Keller beer? Yeah, it was so a Keller beer. It was a German Pilsner, but it was entered into the Keller beer category, category. because the Pilsner was unfiltered. Yeah. So it's like you go abroad, you see how the Germans are doing it, and then you bring it back home to the home market. Yeah. And then you give the customer what they want. You do what you want professionally as a brewer, as a master brewer. Um, that's kind of the best of both worlds, which is what we're seeing right now. I mean, you know, all the loggers, low ABV loggers and pilsners that were turned out, those weren't an afterthought to chase the logger market. Those were generally brewers being concerned about making the best product possible to give their customer. Of course. You know the most yeah. high quality. Yeah, but still, it's a a lot of it is is business driven. Absolutely. But that that I think is a trend that I see in in the consumers, just in people I talk to at breweries. Is mm-hmm. breweries and the breweries in DC have gotten so much better at their tap room experience or their brew pub experience that you know, I mean, think about it. You know, six years ago, seven years ago, a tap room experience was going in and getting tickets and trying a few beers and then basically sort of getting shoved out the door unless you could bug somebody to give you more tickets. <laughs> right. Um, and then it sort of advanced to, okay, now I can I can have a pint. But when that transition happened, most of the beers that were, um, that were available in tap rooms were really high alcohol. So you were still like getting flights. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But now the tap room experience for so many breweries has become such a significant part of what they do that thinking about the products that they're offering in terms of direct-to-consumer in a taproom environment sales, I think led a lot of them to, all right, how, how do we make sure people can stay yeah. for more than mm-hmm. a half an hour or an hour with, you know, and, have two, and, and have two and then sort of wobble out and we have to worry <laughs> a little bit? You know, um, let's at least give the options and let's give the options to the consumer. And this is the other thing that I've seen is when, as the taproom experience sort of expands, you want people to bring friends in, and that's been, I think, a big movement for DC Brow in the in the seltzer market, even in their taproom experience, is how do we get more people to be to bring in people who quote don't like beer? Uh, there's this market; we have the capacity. Let's offer this and and see if people will will start coming to a brewery, even if they don't like beer. And of course, and. There, there are winners and losers there, and sometimes mm-hmm. those losers might be a Meridian Pint. Um, mm-hmm. It might be a Mad Fox competing with other Virginia breweries that have food trucks and things like that. Yeah. 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 It, it, the, the dynamics are 
Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ultimately, it's the luck of the draw, right? It's just churn, if you ask the <laughs> developers, but it's also a bit of DC beer history, um, which, you know, I shed a tear for Mad Fox, but Bill Madden's still here. Go talk to him. Yeah. Go buy him a beer. Yeah. You know, he just tapped a firkin at a Dynasty Brewing, so you might have to go all the way out to Ashburn. Yeah. Shout out to the breweries in Ash Vegas making great beer. <laughs> growing yeast, growing yeast for us here. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. Where did you get that? Uh, you tra- that Travis Tedrow from, was it Ted- uh, was from, it from Jasper Yeast gave that to me. Viva Ash Vegas. Viva Ash oh Vegas. Gosh, that is fantastic. <laughs> oh, all right, Travis. That's fantastic. I owe you for that one because um, I'm going to use it over and over and over again. Um, I haven't been out to. I haven't been out there for a while. Yeah, actually. we need to go back. We need to have a DC beer trip to Dynasty. Yeah, Mesa Blendery and uh, yeah. pop around to Solace. Yeah, hit all the. Uh, yeah. All right, we, we should make a junket out of it. We'll sell tickets. We'll have, a, we'll have the, a, the junket life. The junket life. <laughs> Brandy can organize that for us. Sure. Yeah. There's a rocket frog out there, though. Oh, rocket yeah. frog, yeah, definitely. We, we would definitely we, add that in. We do like rocket frog. We love yeah. rocket frog. Mm-hmm. Rocket frog was, in fact, the very first. It was not in Number 2019, one. but we'll go back. The very first collab that uh, DCBeer.com ever did was, in fact, with rocket frog. Richard's pretty cool. Richard is awesome. Yeah, yeah. they're all awesome. Yeah. yeah. Gotta get a hug from Adrian. I don't know if y'all can hear Brandy. He's the best guy. Well, I'm trying to to be rude. uh, (laughs) You got to speak up because the audience can't hear you if you talk quiet. (laughs) All right. Uh, Look forward to 2020. First of all, look forward to the D.C. Beer Junket (laughs) in Northern Virginia. You'll learn more about that as soon as Brandy puts it together. (laughs) We're crossing the river, everybody. (laughs) We're doing it. We're going over the river. I'm there. Count me in. All right. Yes. Um, what else? What else do we look? What else do you think is coming? What's on the horizon? Um, I am told that there is going to be at least one new brewery in DC proper in 2020, and that is mm. City State Brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, long in the planning, yep. um, and it looks like it is. It looks like they have a location somewhere in the city, and so mm-hmm. um, look for that. Yeah, shout out to James Warner at City State Brewing. Uh, very excited. To, uh, do we know this location? Can we tell yeah. people about it? I do not know the location okay. yet. Uh, you know, say um, <laughs> maybe, but I don't know if I'm at liberty to say. Fair enough. Fair Beyond enough. that, we are super pumped for City State, um, and then we're going to get a new atlas down by the ballpark. That's yeah. true. And then That's also happened. the rumor mill f- that we uh, confirmed RAR is coming to Navy yeah. Yard too. RAR Navy Yard. Wait, wait, say what? <laughs> say what? Mm-hmm. Record scratch. Yeah, so that's happening. Um, <laughs> so I did not. I had not heard that. So R A R is coming to. Yeah. So R A R is coming. I hate the name of this brewery. I love their beer, but I hate saying it. R A R. Rar. I like saying rar. I'm just gonna say rar. Right on. You know what? You know where that comes from, right? So everybody knows what R A R actually is. It's a. It's a. It's a real ale revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a horrible name for a brewery that makes great beer. To be clear, <laughs> great freaking beer, but Keep uh, it up, Dave. we're Thanks. just going to call it Rar. Yeah. Rar. Rar. And then um, we've also got uh, maybe other half coming to Ooh. Ivy City. Sweet. Yeah. DC going to New York, New York coming to DC. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, I heard about that. 
It's been it's been a few. Yeah. It was announced months ago. Yes, um, yeah. the developer who owns um, that property is known for taking their time. So uh, um, okay. it, we we may not see other half until twenty twenty one or so or twenty twenty two. But um, it looks to be happening still. <laughs> what else? Uh, what about just outside the district? Anybody know anything about folks that come in? I think Matt Humbard's got patent. I think he's got a location now for yeah. Patton in uh, College Park. That's it. Uh, Patton is up and running in their laboratory services already sure. oh, uh, without a brick-and-mortar facility. They're providing uh, yeast science uh, services to multiple breweries. Um, we know that uh, the boardroom in Arlington has been up and running for a little while right now. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't know, uh, right on, I guess it's Clarendon Boulevard, where Saycraft Brewing used to be, is now the boardroom. And they are quality enough that they won medals in the Virginia Craft Beer Cup. Um, so we hear. We haven't crossed the bridge, so we don't know till we get there. But, it's time uh, for a bridge crossing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but Virginia is looking really good. No signs of slowing. Um, so they're going to keep flooding the D.C. market, which we are happy with our beer overlords from Virginia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think nobody is mad about more Solus, more Vossen, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're um, seeing... more Virginia GABF medals, while D.C. and Maryland don't take home any medals, mm-hmm. although they also don't really enter GABF. I heard that if you don't enter, you don't win. <laughs> Can you confirm that? It that is, is, I, I regret to inform true. you that you do indeed have to be in it to win it. Yeah, but shout out to the craft beer seller on H Street. Shout out to Harry's Fine Wine, Schneider's, all of the better bottle shops around town that carry mm-hmm. the good, that that Virginia quality product. I, I'm going to add Fenwick's love. in Silver Spring. Boom, yes. Fenwick's, yeah. yes. Which we do not talk about enough, but no. Fenwick's deserves a shout out. They have yes. a really great selection. Yes, and yeah. they'll put like a brewery of the month on, and yeah. then that brewery's beer will be under $10 a six-pack. Which is Ooh, awesome. Yeah. Right, no and it's usually like it's, the, like they don't, it's not like the crap that like – Nobody wants. It's like good local breweries that they'll put on that. It's things that you want to give them money for. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, you're like, oh my gosh, I can get this for like $4 or $5 less a six pack than I would normally pay for it. So. Last month was Denison's, I think. Last month month was Denison's at Fenway? Yeah. I don't know what what it is this month. Well, it's December now, so they haven't announced it. We're recording this in November. Sorry, everybody who's listening to this. It's you're listening in December, but we're recording in November. What's it like in the future? <laughs> what happened with the impeachment? Okay, we're not going into politics. Uh, speaking of impeachment, what else is happening in ni- in 2020? <laughs> um, I almost said Who's, <laughs> who's going to get bought? Who's going to get bought? Um, right, oh, like is, that's is, a conversation. Yeah, we is, is someone going to slide in? And so 2019 ends with our good friends, Bold Rock. Mm. Um, I would say mm-hmm. most of the cider yeah. taps in D.C. have are Bold Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, Bold Rock was just bought out by ABV. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Um, the good folks who bring you Southern Tier, Victory, and Six Point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so I think that's certainly going to have some repercussions in the market. Um, mm-hmm. You've seen Bold Rock all around town. There's Bold Rock in the in the Taps downstairs in this co-working space yeah. in which we are recording. That's you're, how ubiquitous it is. You're about to see a lot more bold rock. Uh, more bold rock. <laughs> Drink up. Uh, Brace your bold self yes. for more bold so rock So who else cider. do you think? Who else? Uh, if you had to predict somebody who over the course of the next 12 months would cease, would, would sell in the market. And, so, and the market I think is 
we can go all Virginia, Maryland. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's got to be Virginia or Maryland, right? We're dealing right. with, with yeah. Bold, Bold Rock being the closest now, New Belgium being way far out in Colorado or not and they too just got far out in North yeah. Carolina, right? right so, but, um, but a craft brewer of that size, you got to go far to get one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it wasn't that long ago that Devil's Backbone was an independent brewery. Sure. Um, they're just doing 80,000 barrels now. To put this in perspective, um, according to the Brewers Association, Brow did 15,300 barrels. Port City did 16,000 barrels in 2018. So nobody is nobody close local. even yeah. to the right. 60,000. I mean, you know, Heavy Seas is, is getting there. Uh, Flying Dog is above, but they've kind of staked their claim on being independent. Right. Um, we look to Guinness, of course. They may become Maryland's biggest brewer. I mean, they're two years in the game at this point. Um, and I, let me, I'm going to interrupt you there because I want to give a shout out to the to the, to the Open Gate Brewery. Guinness yeah, has do done it. a freaking fantastic job. Yes, uh, at that, that milk stout is phenomenal. It's amazing, and and we you know we focus on local beers, and we tend to like really be sort of craft local independent mm-hmm. brewers association kind of focused yeah. but we are incredibly lucky yeah. <laughs> incredibly lucky yeah. to be that close to amazing brewery and amazing beer Definitely. and an amazing experience that open gate brewery is so. so shout out to holly who's at the helm there yep. uh right under peter yeah so yeah. holly's a hometown hero for mm-hmm. us before she went you know abroad quote unquote to stone to uh highland brewing company outside of Asheville. Um, she was just a lonely bartender at the Black Squirrel. And I remember <laughs> this because uh, those were the heady days of the D.C. homebrewers meeting where it was right. like the beer was cold at 7 p.m. when the meeting started and it was warm <laughs> AF at 9, like two hours later. There wasn't enough ice in the district to keep all the D.C. homebrewers <laughs> beer cold. But Holly did a fantastic job there just as a beer tender um, and graduated all the way up, you know, got uh, uh, the vocational training through brewing school, uh, on-the-job training skills, and Holly is absolutely crushing it. At Guinness, yeah. you know, uh, Arbutus just outside of Baltimore. Um, and it, it really, Hale you know, Thorpe. Hale Thorpe, Maryland. The Hale they Thorpe are doing, Station, I mean, yeah. when we went in October 2017, they had on the menu, you know, for an, they had brewed in Dublin, foreign mm-hmm. extra stout, da, 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 all the Dublin beers, then the brewed in Maryland. I mean, that kind of transparency. Jake and I were just DMing with uh, Bard in D.C. Shout out to Bard in D.C. And he was like, yo, who makes uh, Richard F.'s Amber Lager? And who makes the uh, Stein, uh, you know, Pale Lager? And who makes the Berg Schwartz beer? And we're like, oh, you got to go ask Berg's Schwartz Emporium. (laughs) You know, there is dishonesty in the beer sales game. And we can call it out. We can turn our focus to things that rub us the wrong way. Or we can turn our attention to people who are purveying it the right way. And that's Guinness. So shout out to them. Yeah. I I don't get out there often. And Hellthorpe is an interesting place because I think Hellthorpe is trying to be uh, the, like, uh, the Ashburn of Maryland. (laughs) Uh, they're competing yeah. with Columbia, Maryland. Yeah, really hard to be like the focal point. But Hellthorpe has Heavy Seas mm-hmm. and Guinness, and I think there's a couple other yeah. out there. Um, but but Columbia has Maryland homebrew. It does. And so if you want to make your own cheese, and they do have seller. the cheese edge. And Black Flag. <laughs> and Black Flag. And Black Flag. Yeah. Oh, Black Flag somebody we haven't had on the show. They haven't responded to our email. So if you're listening and you know Holler. somebody, about, <laughs> tell them to come on the show. All yeah. right. Well, what that's else? a good point. That's Let's a good wrap point. this up with any last thoughts on either 2019 or what we see coming up in 2020. 
more seltzer, more low-cal, low-carb, um, including one from, I believe, Port City, mm. um, which is going to explicitly mention the caloric contents of the, <laughs> of the beer. Are they actually going to put light in the name of the beer? I do not believe that you will see monumental <laughs> light. Um, <laughs> it will Mon- not be spelled L-I-T-E. Uh, okay. Um, Jonathan Reeves will not give it a cool hashtag and uh, some sort of stealth marketing campaign. My, I have a prediction. I have a prediction that a year from now, we will see an explosion of Ralph beers. Smoked beer will be Ooh, like the it. beer of 2020 in the fall. This is a world I want to live in, mm-hmm. and I, I want to believe. <laughs> I, I, I think I think we can. We have the power to make this happen. First of all, right? If I could will this into existence, so I'm working on a Ralph beer article right now, and I have to say that <laughs> see, four this beer is how makes it's a trend. It's like it's drip, 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 yeah. drip, drip, drip. And by August, they're all going to be going. Well, we got to make a Ralph beer. Everybody's right. talking about Ralph beer. Yeah, I mean, four but, beers makes a trend. Yeah, I mean, right now <laughs> we're looking right. at we're, Union Smoke. Serious. We're looking mm. at Blue Jackets. Dreaming. Um, yeah, Dreaming collab with Beerstadt Lagerhouse mm-hmm. out of Colorado. Um, we know Flying Dog has one on right now. Yep. Okay, yeah. And Gordon Beers Navy Yard has yeah. a Rauk Hellas. Yeah. So, boom, See. four beers from here to Frederick. Yep, yep, yep. I think I think D.C. can be the, the global resurgence of the style. I think so. We just need to uh, import some brewers from Franconia. And uh, have that cross-continental collab mm-hmm. going. That's not Franconia Springfield. That's no, no. just Franconia Germany. Franconia I think, okay, another junket. Junket Add that to two. the list, Brandy. Yes. You got to like. We're going to <laughs> Wegmans. We're doing more beer. <laughs> Brandy's like, we're not drinking. What? I'm out of beer. Too much talking. Damn it. <laughs> not enough beering. <laughs> She's had some of that. Have you had some of that? Oh, you're going to have did. that? It okay. It's delicious, actually. Ah, so much yeah. beer. Fuck. There's never, there, there's. there's it's, this the show is always so much better when we're when we're drinking beer. We had somebody on the other day, and it was just middle of the day. It was like a noon recording, and we weren't drinking beer, and it just it's not the same. I want to go go back to the the who's getting bought question. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's two separate questions. It's who's getting bought, but also who would you want to buy? <gasps> who would you want to buy? Palace intrigue. Yeah. Yeah. So I would have to say one of the coolest breweries would be the next to be bought, right? Because, you know, if you're <laughs> makers of <laughs> Light and, you <laughs> and you've bought all these breweries, they're pretty cool. But are they as cool as The Veil vale or Triple Crossing? Uh, uh, I don't know, man. It's a, it's a – Or Burley Oak or RAR. Yeah. I mean, I'll just say that I've had quality product from all these breweries, right? But if you are a hype brewery, you have to know on some level, right? Like one Instagram post and you don't expect less than 50,000 likes or whatever. You're like, all right, that's it. We are that hype brewery. And that's not a bad thing, but that's my money on who's the next to get bought. I I think there's going to be – I'm I'm way out on this, so I admit that right from the front. This is crazy, but – I think, and this isn't going to happen in 2020, but over the next five years, what we're going to see is is consolidation of distribution. Mm. And I think we're going to start to see a lot of breweries start start working together to redefine how distribution works and forming their own distribution companies or merging and maintain in in a way that allows them to maintain their identity as breweries and brewers. But... But 
figuring out how to reduce costs and beat competition by forming larger conglomerate type of, of environments. Yeah. That's crazy, I know. Like, no, no, no. Like We've already seen something like this, um, say, in Maine with Bissell Brothers. All mm. uh, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And so Bissell Brothers is now being brought into Northern Virginia and occasionally into D.C. by Reverie Distribution. Good mm-hmm. job on that, fellas, because mm-hmm. everybody wants Bissell Brothers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but one of the Bissell Brothers has um, sort of spun off from Bissell Brothers Brewing into distribution. Right. And so yeah. obviously there are certain economies of scale that if a bunch of smaller craft brewers band together, mm-hmm. um, then maybe you can sort of take on um, yeah. the, right. the, the, the Eagles, which is ABI InBev, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the various premiums, Molson Miller cores, right. and you know, like you don't have to go head to head there, but you can make a dent and get yourself a couple draft lines here and there. Yeah. And again, a little bit know, of shelf space yeah. when you need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're only making 5,000, 10,000 barrels, uh, just get yourself a couple permanent lines mm-hmm. here and there. Um, if you're Bissell, do it in Boston, do it in Portland, do it in Burlington. Yeah, I don't think you're Move far product. out on that idea, but I think that it'll be quieter than the big splash of, oh, New Belgium's bought. Right. Or, oh, right. ABV right. buys Bold Rock. And I think we're already starting to see that. In a much smaller scale. We're not really seeing it, but, you know, for example, Red Bear is is going to go with a uh, Medidas distributor, mm-hmm. and they'll be the first distributed brewery in D.C. not carried by premium D.C. Right. Whether or not that makes a big difference and whether or not they sell 100 barrels, 200, 1,000, 10,000 barrels, um, it's happening. And that's good, right? And maybe then that's a step in the direction which we'll see, which is the next frontier is craft distribution. Yeah. Right. What does that look like? What What does that mean to us in D.C. when it's a craft distributor from Portland, Maine? Right. Like mm-hmm. we haven't really uh, had the waters tested, but the market's ready for it. So let's yeah. see what that's, happens. That's, I think that's a that's a big part of its distribution is hasn't been disrupted the same way production has been disrupted in the yeah. craft beer industry. Right. And so I'm right. I'm looking for. Like I said, probably not in 2020, but over the next five years, I think we'll start to see some real innovation in that. Yeah. Um, and f- interestingly, the the hard seltzer may sort of drive that a little mm-hmm. bit um, mm-hmm. and being able to get – because hard seltzer – getting shelf space for hard seltzer I think is easier than getting shelf space for beer, mm-hmm. especially when you're local because there's not a lot of local. So D.C. Brow has a huge opportunity to establish new shelf space opportunities – um, with a hard seltzer that they can then sort of like slide beer into as well, mm-hmm. theoretically. Right. Anyway, I'm totally speculating. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good point. Because now we've had a few beers and it's just like, well, let's just talk shit for a while <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> right. And Brandy's like, y'all should stop talking now. <laughs> and this thing. Uh, all right. I think we've covered just about everything that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Once again, thanks to Jake Berg for thanks joining you us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jake. And Michael Stein, as always. Brandy, thank you for being in. Thank you, Brandy. <laughs> thank you for moral support. Uh, remember, you can get all the information about everything happening in the D.C. craft beer scene by going to dcbeer.com and following us on all the social medias at D.C. Beer. We will be back next week with another exciting episode of the D.C. Beer Show. Thanks for listening.